So this week, I am sharing a really exciting announcement. And if you're listening live this week, I'm also bringing back one part of my three-part series on how to unlock the power of ChatGPT. And I'm doing both of these things because I just launched a new ChatGPT resource for nonprofits that I am so, so excited about. It's the nonprofit ChatGPT headquarters. So for those of you who are longtime listeners, you have heard me talk about ChatGPT before. I am really bought into this tool. It is not some fancy, super techie tool that needs to be built out and figured out. It should be as integrated into your workflow and as simple as Google Docs. It's a capacity builder and a time saver. And my goal is to make it easy for organizations, particularly small and growing organizations where time and money and capacity are really an issue to tap into the power of ChatGPT. If you aren't, you're leaving capacity on the table and I want to help you solve that problem. So I took the questions and the conversations that I've been having with nonprofits for the last really six or seven months and turned it into a concrete tool, which is one of my favorite things to do. The nonprofit ChatGPT headquarters is an all-in-one workspace that supports you at every phase of using ChatGPT in your workflow, from giving you ideas to giving you prompts that you can cut and paste right into ChatGPT, to giving you an already built out place to save and organize the prompts that you like, the personalities that you try, and all of the work that you do using ChatGPT. So, If you are still on the fence about ChatGPT, listen to this week's episode. If you're listening to a different episode and hearing this preview, head on over to this week's episode and get inspired. And when you're ready to take the next step and start saving you and your team hours of time and brain energy every week, you can head to brookrichiebabbage.com backslash ChatGPT dash HQ and grab the workspace. Enjoy. Before I start today, I want to let you all know that I have opened enrollment for my main program, the Next Level Nonprofit Accelerator. I am really excited about this. I spent the whole summer adding to the curriculum, building partnerships to support my students, and refining the coaching structure so that this version of the program is beyond anything I've ever offered in terms of its depth of support and its level of personalization. The Next Level Nonprofit is a six-month intimate, high-touch coaching and training accelerator for nonprofit leaders of six-figure organizations that are really ready to grow and who want to do it smoothly, confidently, and sustainably without the guesswork and without the overwhelm. If you're the leader of a six-figure organization and you want to grow without burning out and you might like my help and access to an incredible community and network of coaching, support, and accountability, you can learn more and apply at richiebabbage.com backslash next level nonprofit. Hi, welcome to the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast, where every week I do a deep dive into the strategies and mindset behind launching, scaling, and leading a high impact nonprofit. I'm your host, Rick Ritchie Babbage. Working to make the world a more just and beautiful place is messy, complex, heart-wrenching, and ultimately deeply joyful and fulfilling work. 
and none of us can do it alone. That's why I started this podcast, this mastermind community, to hold space for and share the learnings and the questions and the grapplings and the actual concrete strategies that allow us to move our social impact work forward together. So welcome to the mastermind. I'm so glad you're here. We're headed into one of my favorite times of the year, planning season. These are the months when you at least try to step back and reflect on the year so far, what's worked and what hasn't, what you're proud of, what has energized you or sapped your energy. These are also the months when, again, ideally, we get to put the finishing touches on our plans for 2023. try to envision what lies ahead and put down some anchors to guide our choices and movements as we navigate whatever is in store. As I head into this season, both in my own business and in the work that I do with the leaders in my accelerator and launch lab programs, I find we've been very focused on the topic of infrastructure. Now, of course, organizations need to think about and have a vision for and invest in programs. Absolutely. That's our mission-based work. But uh, no, yes, I'll say yes in the spirit of yes and. And this coming year, I really think that organizations are going to have to think about and perhaps invest more in infrastructure than we have in the past or maybe not even necessarily invest more in or th- and think more about, but have more conversations with funders, supporters, really center infrastructure and investments in infrastructure, thinking about the bones of our institutions. What are the people and the structures and the systems that hold everything together? And how do we invest in making those strong? And I think that because we are in what the sort of sector experts are calling the COVID recovery and rebuilding phase of our COVID journey. And I have always believed that even back when COVID was sort of raging and we had no idea what was coming in the next few months, much less in 2023, that rebuilding in a way that makes us strong will require a genuine and open investment in infrastructure. So in this week's episode, I want to talk about three courageous infrastructure points of focus to zero in on in the coming year if you really want to set yourself up to have sustainable recovery and impact in 2023. I'm saying courageous because these are small changes, small points I'm going to make, Nothing crazy or (laughs) life-changing or earth-shattering. But I have found in talking and working with leaders and just remembering my own experience of, of leadership that they can require real bravery when put into practice because they can sort of push us to make real time and financial investments in a version of our organization or in a vision for our organization version of practices or vision of practices that are different from our current reality. I make the argument here that 
even if they may seem scary, they're really incredibly powerful shifts and focus points to lean into. And they absolutely will change the course of the direction of your organization in 2023. So the first one is holding your board accountable. Now, I get a lot of questions about boards and about governance. What makes a good board? What does good board governance look like in practice? Lots of questions about metrics and trainings. Those are all super important. But here's the thing. It's just not that complicated. (laughs) Somehow, over the past half century, and I'm a total history sort of geek, I a history major. I love all things history. I think we learn so much from history. I studied and used to teach about the history of the nonprofit sector. So this is an area where I could sort of go down a deep spiral. I will not. What I will say is that over the past half century, nonprofit board governance has gotten complicated. And that has a lot to do with its foundations and sort of birth in the for-profit model, right? When nonprofits first started, we didn't have a model for them in our country. All we knew was corporations and corporations have boards and board governance looks like a certain thing and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's gotten really complicated, but good governance is actually not complicated or hard. It boils down to this, show up, pay attention, do your due diligence, and invest your energy in fighting for the mission. And I don't just mean show up at meetings and listen to reports and pay attention to the emails that the ED and staff send. Those are all absolutely necessary, but they are not sufficient. I mean, show up in the deepest sense, bring your whole self to pushing for the mission of this organization. That's, that's good governance. I had a great conversation about two weeks ago on this podcast with Natalie Bomdad and Ananda Valenzuela about rethinking the structures that embody good governance. I definitely suggest you check it out. I'll link to the episode in the show notes. So why am I spending time on what good governance looks like? Because that is what we need to hold our board members accountable to and for. We spend a lot of time and energy thinking about and talking about and feeling frustrated about how many board meetings members come to and are they bringing people to our events? Those are all the tips of much deeper meteor icebergs. You know, whether board members show up at meetings, whether they read board books, whether they pick up the phone when you call, those are all just manifestations of a deeper engagement or lack of engagement. Good governance is about the four things that I mentioned, showing up, paying attention, doing your due diligence, and investing your energy in fighting for the mission. And if you have board members that can't or won't do those things, they are the wrong board members. Full stop. The right board members are the people who are passionate about your mission and the work that you do and who are full and effective partners to you and your team in moving that mission forward. There's work that goes into making this work, absolutely. Making sure you have the right board members is one thing. 
Also making sure that they have the information and resources and the training to be effective partners and to be effective ambassadors. Making sure you have the right structures in place to provide avenues for meaningful engagement. All of that is critical. And a lot of it comes from we as leaders and our staff are able to provide and create containers for a board to fully function and engage. But here's why I say this first sort of point is courageous. Because even if you have all of those structures in place, I have so many conversations with organizational leaders who are afraid to say to the people on their board, you are on this team with me. You are under this tent with me. You are a partner and ambassador out in the world with me fighting alongside me and my team to make our mission a reality. We both have roles to play and I'll do my part, but I need you to do your part. And if this isn't the right fit or the right time, that's okay. Let's find another place for you in our ecosystem as an advisor or volunteer or a donor. But I need board members who are all in. That can be very scary to say because we're all secretly and not so secretly afraid we'll lose board members and we'll somehow get something wrong in this sort of governance dance we're doing. So I'm just gonna say this out loud, you might lose board members. That absolutely happens and that's okay. It's okay to lose the wrong board members because it is possible and better to find the right ones. And I also wanna say, when I say wrong board members, I don't mean bad people at all. I mean people for whom this isn't exactly the right mission. It was the right mission two years ago or four years ago when they joined, and it isn't now. Something has shifted, the strategic focus or the nature of the work or their understanding of the work. It's not the right time, right? They are passionate about the mission. They love the organization, but as a board member, that may not be the best way to leverage their passion because they don't actually have the time to be right there on the front lines with you and your team, right? So what makes someone the right board member isn't just they love the mission and they're a great person. Those are absolutely necessary. You also wanna make sure that the people on your board have said, yes, I have the time. Yes, I'm willing to give it. Yes, I'm willing to bring my talents and my attention and my energies and my networks. And when they say that, and when they raise their hand and say, yes, I'm gonna join the board, we have to be courageous and say, then there are things I'm gonna need you to do. There are ways I'm gonna need you to show up. There's a partnership, a level of partnership that we're going to have to be in for this to work. Now, I do a deeper dive into this whole sort of board engagement piece in the fourth part of my four-part Focus on Growth training bundle. You can get that at richiebabbage.com backslash Focus on Growth Bundle. I talk about what it looks like in practice, and I give some sort of strategic resources and ideas for how to build a highly engaged board, what's sort of at the core of that. And it starts with the kinds of brave conversations that hold them accountable for showing up. One of the most important things about having these brave conversations is that it also opens the door for more honest conversations about what they need from you, 
what do you need in order to be all in? So that's point one, right? Hold your board accountable. The second is in some ways often scarier for folks. It's about investing and growing your team. Now, one of the perennial struggles of any growing organization is that you need staff to grow your programs and bring in money, but you need money to grow your staff. It's actually one of the things, if I'm completely transparent, that I liked the least about running my organization. Capacity was always on my mind, calibrating it with our desired impact, figuring out what capacity I needed. It was really tough. And that's something that most organizational leaders have to navigate and and many struggle with. So I don't want to sugarcoat that. What I will say, what I do have to offer here is maybe a piece of advice or a recommendation that sometimes you'll need to hire just a little bit before you think you're ready. And the reason is you cannot sustain your impact if you don't have sufficient capacity. I'm gonna say that again. You cannot be sustainable without sufficient capacity. At a certain point, you will have squeezed as much as you can out of your current staff and you'll either plateau or you'll burn out. The answer may be to step bravely, if not boldly, (laughs) into an uncertain future where you're not quite sure necessarily where that last dollar for payroll is gonna come from. The answer might be to build some muscle and comfort around straddling the line between what is and what's possible by hiring some of the capacity you need and then saying to funders and donors, this is the true cost of our work. This is what true capacity looks like. Now help us invest in sustaining that capacity. I also talk about this in my focus on growth training. I do a much deeper look at this in video number three, where I talk about budgeting to support sustainability. Now this does not always mean, in fact, it often does not mean (laughs) hiring new full-time people. I really encourage you to think creatively about the roles that need to be filled in your organization and how you can fill them by looking at part-time, temporary, contractor work, leveraging your structured networks to bring in capacity that is perhaps not traditional. I would look, for example, at universities for partnerships to build out fellowships that offer stipends. That's actually how I grew my legal research team at my organization. I had a really incredible legal research arm and policy arm of my organization long before I had the budget to pay a full-time policy person. I would also think seriously about investing in virtual assistants to do the kinds of low leverage tasks around fundraising and communications, especially that can take up the capacity of your existing team. So investing in growing your team, bringing new people on does not have to mean hiring an entire, you know, a new director, but it does mean looking at the roles that need to be filled, being honest and, and serious with you and your team about where you are lacking capacity and bravely beginning to invest in that capacity. 
And yes, it is a calibration. And yes, it is a calculated risk. But it is one that's absolutely critical that you gain some comfort making. The upshot here is that you must have real capacity to fuel your mission. And while it may feel safer to duke it out with the capacity you have until the money comes in, that simply isn't always the most strategic choice if you want to continue to have the impact that you're having and grow over time. So the final courageous shift that I recommend thinking about and making in 2023 is investing in yourself and really specifically investing in thinking and planning time for yourself. There is a real relationship between creativity and stillness. When we are constantly in go mode, our brains experience that as a version of fight or flight. Think of it like tunnel vision. When you're constantly focusing intently on the tasks and challenges directly ahead of you, you're not seeing or able to take advantage of the opportunities and resources around you. And that's really dangerous for the sustainability of your organization. When you can't see the entire chessboard, you can't move as strategically. You can't think or plan, you can't vision, when you don't make time in your calendar to actually invest in those things. Now, I've talked so much about high leverage tasks on this podcast and in my other materials. I'll include some links in the show notes to past episodes where I talk about this. And absolutely shifting your time to focus on high leverage tasks is important. But I'm actually going like a half a step deeper here. You have to create a structure or a container in your calendar for real deep thought, for deep thinking and planning time. Eckhart Tolle said that creative breakthroughs come at a time of mental quietude. Stillness is where creativity and solutions to problems are found. Our leadership is at its best when we are in our zone of genius when we are able to approach fundraising from a place of abundance, when we're able to respond to staff concerns without anger, when we engage with our board from a place of co-creation, those things are possible, but we have to cultivate and protect even small moments of deep thought to give rise to them. We all want to magically wake up one day and find that we have time in our schedules to block off you know, an entire day for no meetings. <laughs> it would be amazing if that just happened, if people just sort of all came together around us and said, you know what, we just won't need anything from you on Wednesdays. That has actually never happened to me or anyone I've ever talked to. <laughs> so instead, here's what we sometimes need to do, hard pivot. Sometimes we need to declare our intentions to take Tuesday mornings as meeting-free zones just for ourselves, to take a quiet week for yourself at the beginning of each quarter, to set aside a CEO day for yourself once a quarter. I am personally a huge fan of this last one. Whatever it looks like for you, sometimes you have to just make a point to create that container and then protect it. Treat it like it's precious and make the other things in your calendar organize themselves around it. 
So those are three suggestions that I strongly recommend thinking about and planning for as you prepare for 2023. I know these aren't easy. That's why I call them courageous. But just because they aren't easy doesn't mean they aren't the right choices to make. Moving in the direction and sometimes hard pivoting towards activating your board as true partners, investing in the capacity you actually need, and creating and protecting a container for your own leadership are things that will transform your organization. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for being here and please join me again next week. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast. If you want to begin to put into practice a lot of what we talk about here on this podcast, I encourage you to download the Architecture of Impact Toolkit at richiebabbage.com backslash architecture of impact toolkit, where I translate what I talk about on this podcast into really great and actionable worksheets and toolkits so you can execute everything in your own organization. If you liked this podcast, I would also love for you to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you think that what we talk about here could benefit another leader in your life, please share with your friends. Finally, if you'd like more leadership in your life, you can sign up for my weekly five-minute read, Leadership Forward 321 newsletter. I send articles, resources, and inspiration every week curated around a leadership theme to help you lead your nonprofit better. You can sign up at richiebabbage.com backslash leadership forward 321. That's it for this week. Thank you for joining me and I'll see you back here next week for more Mastermind. <laughs>